Web3 with me is a discussion style show where creators, marketers, entrepreneurs, and investors share how they are solving the core problem plaguing Web3, perception. The perception problem is preventing mass adoption. It is narrative, framing, and terminology, and it's inhibiting onboarding, engagement, and retention of users and customers. Web3 currently requires a level of technical understanding and responsibility due to a lack of protections that the masses do not currently desire. Web3 with me will provide insights for Web3 native companies and others considering a Web3 strategy to tackle that perception problem. My guest today is Jeff Kaufman Jr., founder of Jump News and Parachute, two brands leading the way in marketing for Web3. Jeff has a storied history in the marketing agency world, having worked on many massive brands, including Chick-fil-A's famous cow ads. He has used that experience to build Jump as the premium Web3 marketing community for brand marketers, agency professionals, and entrepreneurs who are passionate about the space. We talk about the evolution of Web3 and the Jump community, and most excitingly, we discuss Jump News 2.0 and the future of content creation in Web3. LFG, baby, let's start vibing. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Oh, I'm glad to be here. This has been a long time coming. Ever since I had Brennan Schluter on the show forever ago, I joined your community, the Jump community. I have just felt the love in the community and the value that it provides. I love what you're doing over there. I'm excited to talk about it today. Ah, that's good to know that Brennan was sort of the doorway in. Brennan and I worked together, oh, it feels like 10 years ago. Maybe it wasn't that long ago, eight years ago, but doing all kinds of, you know, just working on campaigns, working in the ad agency world. Yeah, I can imagine that, that you guys have a lot of shared knowledge. He, he yep. definitely had a lot. I think he was the first person I ever had like 10 shorts that I pulled out of the episode. Oh, nice. There was just so many nuggets of info. So. We, lo- we loved working together. You know, you just come across those people in your career and you just jam and you're just always vibing and sinking on ideas. And it's just, it continues today, even though we don't work in the same uh, agency or he's off doing his thing, I'm off doing mine, but this is what communities for though, right? We get to all come together and jam in various ways. I think, yeah, that's a big power of web three, but also it's just working with friends is more fun. Like it it, it's uh, it, you tend to vibe better. You can be real with each other. Um, you can have the more frank conversations, but also learn together. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, but anyways, the uh, usual way I start the show is I like to introduce my guests with their founding story. What makes Jeff Jeff? This can start pre Web three. Well, I we can we actually need to go to two thousand five, and we need to talk about MySpace. All right, let's do it. Um, do you still have your MySpace account? Uh, I never had one. Oh, never had. One. I actually got Facebook uh, in 2006, 2005, maybe. Okay, that's that's pretty early. So yeah, I mean, I would say what I'm doing now, there's a through line all the way back to 2005. Um, 2005, I got super interested in two things, skydiving and the future of media and business and community. Uh, and I saw this opportunity uh, to start a a MySpace page for a local skydiving drop zone. And I didn't ask them if I could do it. I just did it um, because I was in college at the time and I needed a quote unquote internship. um, And I didn't like any of the internship options. And I was like, oh, why don't I invent my internship and just start marketing this local business on MySpace and selling, helping drive business for them. I won't even ask them to do it. I'll just do it. Um, Because I know the future is social. I know it's community. I know it's bridging online communities to IRL experiences and products and all that. All that was swirling through my head back then. Um, And so I did it. They found out I was doing it. Then they started giving me free skydives. Then I started doing it more uh, so I didn't get in trouble for for going rogue and marketing them. Um, and that's, pat what, on the back. <laughs> that's basically what I did in college. Like I just, uh, explored the early days of social media and community eventually, you know, started, moved them into Facebook, 
um, had the largest skydiving Facebook page in the world in 2007. Um, that's when ads launched. Uh, I quickly, I, I was in business law uh, class at the time when ads launched and I whipped out my credit card and I started running ads for Skydive Dallas on, uh, uh, instead of listening to my business law, law lecture, uh, <laughs> was just like, Whoa, this is cool. Look at these ads that I'm running for this skydiving drop zone. Um, and that all, that was kind of my early days and that just kind of, uh, dovetailed its way into the big agency world. I got a gig at a, at a good agency. Um, first client in social media was fruit of the loom, the underwear brand. Um, and so, yeah, I started building their brand on Facebook, then started working on Chick-fil-A, um, GameStop, Dr. Pepper, Home Depot, uh, and just kind of for the last 10 or so years or for between 2009 and 2020 was just like big agency, digital strategy, innovation strategy. Of course, all of that was mostly focused on social and mobile. Um, and that was the life before, you know, the crazy world of web three. That's awesome. That's, that's cool to hear. There's a lot of, uh, Atlanta companies based there. Uh, yeah. Chick-fil-A, yep. Home Depot. Well, I, uh, I, pr pretty awesome. I got to throw Orkin in the list too. Orkin Pest Control. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pretty business, but everybody needs it. Oh, we made it fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I guess, you know, it sounds like from that, you had this kind of insight that you that social media and the digital world would drive unprecedented amount of business. Was there a particular like experience that you had about that? Was there a professor? Was there a book? Like what was it that kind of gave you that kind of inflection point where you're like, holy shit, I've got to spend all my time doing this. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. Like not many college kids do that. That's not normal. Yeah. I, I would say it was the same thing that led me into Web3 and really intuition. It's you're kind of looking at the world. And in 2005, I'm looking around, I'm looking at TV, broadcast, radio, just the whole, like, uh, I guess I would say just communications ecosystem um, and what that looked like and knowing that business, uh, especially consumer brands are uh, just sort of how a message gets spread around and how people discover things and find out about things is just kind of fundamental to how a business kind of survives. I don't know necessarily where I learned that. Probably just picked it up through a lot of, uh, you know, be, keeping my antennas up. And then maybe maybe there was something in a marketing class that kind of cued me off to it. Um, but, it, you know, just kind of really paying attention to how do people find out about stuff? How does the word spread for something? Like how does the brand's message spread? Just all that kind of stuff. And to me, it was just very apparent that people were spending more time online um, and that they were talking to each other on these, in, on MySpace and in online forums and in chat groups. And of course, living that world as a, as a teenager and a college student, you kind of, uh, you're kind of looking at it and you're like, well, one simple question, are more people going to do this in the future or are less? And if more people do it, will they stop doing the other things? Um, and just kind of like basic questions like that. And I kind of made a bet that, you know, but looking back on it, it's like, oh, well, that was super smart. Um, but at the time, I'll tell you how I thought about it at the time. When I was in college and I was looking at getting into sort of the, the agency and marketing world, I didn't want to take a job that someone else or work in a sort of a category that someone else had been working in for 30 years because they have a 30 year advantage over me. So the strat, so it was more of like a strategy thing saying, well, I want to do something where there's more of a le level playing field because I don't have the the industry connections. I don't have all this like working experience. I don't know how to manage a team. I just, I know that I don't know a lot of stuff, but one thing I do know is I know more about this little social media thing than, you know, anybody who's been working for 40 years because it's new. There's no real competitive advantage. Now there's fundamentals to like, marketing and brand. There's a book that we both have, uh, ha uh like, <laughs> yeah, that we love the 22 mutable laws of marketing. You know, that book, that book was written in the eighties. So there are fundamentals that don't change from decade to decade, <clears throat> 
But when you're talking about new mediums um, and new channels, learning those channels and how to operate them and how to scale them and how to be effective in them. Well, those are all the tactical things. Um, and so when I, when I really looked at my career, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of focus on something that I think is the future and that I don't have a lot of competition in being like one of the best at. Um, and then over time, hopefully I'll become one of the best and that'll be a competitive advantage for me. And that happened to play out. Uh, it just eventually it got really boring. Uh, you know, I kind of got to the point where I couldn't do another Instagram carousel ad, like just <laughs> stop, like I, I don't want to go to work if I have to do another Instagram ad. <laughs> so what point was that? When was this? Um, so I would say 2019 social and everything started to get really boring, which was kind of funny because that's finally when, uh, and people don't think this, if you're an entrepreneur and you're sort of on the bleeding edge, it's hard to appreciate the, the world of the fortune 500 and the fortune 1000 and, and that how long it takes a lot of the world to come along and realize like what you realize, like the people who are listening to this podcast are so far ahead out in front of everybody and having, having stewarded brands from their early days, from the early days of an innovation cycle. So mobile and social and seeing how long it took for companies and organizations and people to come around. Um, it took 10 years. So just as it started, just as I started to walk into every sort of annual planning meeting as the, oh, social, we're going to talk about social first. And that's 2018 and 2019. Um, that's when it started to get boring to me because I'd been doing it for over 10 years. Um, Have you guys heard of omni-channel marketing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It took, it, it, seriously, it was more than 10 years before the, these big annual planning meetings would start with social. And the reality is they missed the prime opportunity uh, because the best time to go all in on social was 2012 to 2017. That five-year window, the ROI was absolutely insane. Same could be said for uh, search 2000 to 2005 was just a, the banger years for ROI. Doesn't mean that these channels aren't uh, effective now, but they're not, they're just, they weren't as effective as they were then, especially just from a bottom line perspective. Um, so yeah, 2019 things started to get pretty boring. Um, and I started to kind of look for, you know, what's the next crazy innovative thing. And to be honest, I was looking around and in a lot of ways I was like, there's nothing interesting happening in media, communications, marketing, brand building, community strategy. I was honestly looking at how do I just transition completely out of this industry and maybe go work at a biotech company, aerospace, or just some, some in crazy innovative industry and just be the marketing guy and just be like, hey, I know marketing. I don't know biotech. Um, but I'll learn it. And I just want to work in some field that's look that's super innovative, but lo and behold, I come across social tokens and NFTs in, uh, early 2020. And just that kind of lit my brain on fire. Yeah. What was it specifically that you saw first? So I went down this crazy rabbit hole where on a 16 Z's website in like the footer, I don't know if they still have it, but they list every investment they've ever made and linked to the company. Wow. And one night at like, I'd, I I stayed up almost all night looking at every single company uh, that they'd ever invested in. And I, I, love was, that. I was categorizing them because I was looking, here's what it is. I was looking for innovation and somewhere I could like apply my skill set. And I was just like, I'm, A16Z has this like filter of, okay, this is where innovation is happening. So they've solved like one big sort of filtering for me. And so I was just, I'm just going to look into every single investment. And somehow I came across 
the term Web3 through that research. I, I don't really know exactly. It was some website that led to a Twitter account that led to something. It led to Chris Dixon's post, read, write, own. <laughs> oh, this was before he developed yeah, that thesis. This was like before that. Um, and I somehow came across the term social token and NFT. And so uh, this is important. Um, I, so since I was running, uh, like a social media service in the agency world, I had, uh, social listening was part of that service. So social listening is where you like, you scrape Twitter for conversation. So you can just pick a topic and just dive in and you can see everybody who's talking about it, all the key decision makers, how they're connected to each other. So you can really break apart conversations and communities, um, across Twitter really, really easily. Um, and so when I came across social tokens and NFTs, I used this you know, high-end social listening software to just scrape Twitter and figure out who's talking about this um, and who's the most influential and how are they connected and what projects are they connected to. And so when I did this for the term social token, there were 14 mentions of the of that term social token in a month that's how and then nfts was like 30 times like the term (laughs) nft was being mentioned on twitter 30 times it was tiny there was like 20 people talking about these things. I'm not kidding. The few people that had crypto kitties and crypto punks probably. (laughs) It was, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was looking at it. I just felt very lucky that I had stumbled across it because it was just a complete rabbit hole of like research and just kind of trying to find something cool and interesting. Uh, But I'd followed crypto and blockchain for for a while, but it's just like, to me, it was, tech and finance. And I was fascinated by the community aspect um, and fascinated by the culture. Um, But I had no idea, uh, you know, I didn't know uh, much about CryptoKitties in 2017. I didn't follow that. Um, I kind of vaguely maybe like heard about it, but it just didn't kind of make sense. And um, I, you know, I didn't spend much time. It wasn't until early 2020 and I was doing this social listening research and uh found and that and that that's really the the first people in web3 that i connected with and started to build relationships with was that early group of people on twitter yeah that that's interesting i mean one like it's amazing because you have the purview to like go in and you can now if you try to have conversations about that it's there's so much noise right there's like zero signal right it's all noise out there but at that point it's just it's probably pure signal right it was it absolutely was. And and that's, I wish I still had a subscription to some of this powerful social listening <laughs> software. I want to play with it. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, for example, the recent craze around BRC20s mm-hmm. um, or um, Pepe, the, the, the meme tokens and all of that stuff. If I still had that software, you know, I'd be doing similar things when these new terms pop up that you haven't heard you immediately run the social listing analysis and you see, okay, when was the first time this was mentioned on Twitter? Who mentioned it? Where did the conversation spread from there? Is it trending up? Do I think, you know, and you can kind of pinpoint because oftentimes when you, we're both seeing things super early, but when we see them, you know, we're, we're you, you and everybody and people listening to this podcast, same thing. We always ask ourselves, well, am I late? Did like, yeah. it's been happening for like a month and I haven't heard about it. You know, <laughs> when you use a social listening software like this, you can go, Oh, this was mentioned like 48 hours ago and this is spreading, this is moving fast. And yeah. then you can start to make real decisions. And that's what we would do for brands. Um, for the last, like, this is what major brands do with the software. They can, they, can they, I tell you the image that I have in my head right yeah, now? I, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. often interrupt my guests, but I just have this picture of the Chick-fil-A cow saying, eat more Pepe. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you pick, you, as brands, you you kind of look for these uh, moments of conversation that are spinning up and you're like, okay, is this catching momentum? And is this appropriate for us to jump into? Well, you know, in terms of crypto, it's, is this, 
is this moment is this gaining momentum and should I degen some money into this? <laughs> well, it's so easy. I think on the other end of that, as someone who is not particularly uh, experienced in the analytics side of social media, um, I think about like the echo chamber that it feels like you're in yep. when something like really goes viral. And like the, the first thing that comes to mind was Jack Butcher's checks. Yeah. Right. I had, I had alerts on for Jack because I respect what he's doing and I love it. And then just happened to catch his checks. I bought a few and then like everybody's talking about checks, but like, is everybody talking about checks or is it just all the people that I'm following yep. or is it just the algorithm feeding me everybody that's talking about checks yep. because I've liked a few cheap, like yep. uh, checks. What you're saying is that this software can give you the objective truth. <laughs> yeah. And you can look outside of that. You can see how it's changing and how it's connecting and how it's growing and what new pockets are starting to talk about it. You can see if it spreads from, you can see as it spreads from like Jack Butcher's natural connection and like his natural sphere of influence and then, and then see visually see the, in the, like the, the data analytics, the visual representation of it, see when it starts to spread outside of that natural sort of sphere of his influence and see when new sort of community pockets, um, cause you know, that's what the social listening software does. It basically, it maps all the, everybody's Twitter accounts into, yeah. you know, the, it, 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 cr there are communities on Twitter. It's like the ecosystems kind of, right? Yeah. We could, we can't see how everybody's linked together, but there are all of these communities on, on Twitter. You just can't tell, you just can't see them. Yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of like the one at one point that um, there was like, I don't know, it was a meme or like whatever it was where, where you could have the like circles and it would show you the people that you're connected with the most. Yeah. And like, imagine if you could just aggregate those cross-reference them and bam, you've had yeah. it right yeah. there of like who's connected to who. And it probably has time of connection, how long they've been connected. I mean, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Crazy and is like, is that kind of thing, and this is kind of a nerd question, but like, is that kind of thing still possible with them closing down like all third party clients on Twitter? Or is that just something that they pay a shit ton of money for? And then they pass those, that money on to the customer because that's why the software is so expensive. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I've been out of, I haven't used that software. So I left the agency world to do jump and my own thing in 2021. So we're two years past that and all this stuff changes so fast. Um, I, if I did a little research, I could probably figure out pretty quickly, but it's basically if Twitter's APIs are open and that date, that specific data stream is open, then, then it exists. If they shut it down, then there's a bunch of companies that are going out of business literally because they built entire business models around social listening. I think that is uh, a lot of like when they did do that after Elon Bottom, a lot of the use cases that you hear for Lens Protocol yeah. and Farcaster and Blue yeah. Sky, like they're saying, hey, look, we're not going to close it. We're not going to close our, our APIs down. This is a permissionless protocol. Yeah. Uh, and you can go build your own. Yep. Um, which is, is interesting. I mean, I get it though. I get why they do it. They shut it down because think, what if Twitter made a business out of that? It is yeah. their data. Right. Um, and you know, if they shut it down, then they make their own, then they make the more money. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, which is interesting. So, all right. So you get, you catch on to this by <laughs> probably the, one of the most amazing things I've ever heard is going through every single company on a, one of the largest VC websites. Yeah in the world um, and just finding this thing that is not mentioned by many people, but venture capitalists find some sort of reason or theory that they feel like you should be in, they shouldn't be investing in it to get a little bit of exposure. Um, how do you transition from first talking about social tokens to the idea for jump? So I, this is, this is a good question. Um, so when I came across it, it, in, it made so much sense to me. Um, I thought back to my early days of Web2 Social and how I entered the industry and maybe and things that I wish I had done differently. One of the things that I didn't realize in the early days in two, late 2000s, 2008 to 2010, is I didn't really appreciate and understand how early I was and that I had this insight. And I and what I wish I had done differently was I wish I had talked to more people. I wish I had built my network stronger 
Um, and I wish I had been more involved in the industry from a community perspective. And so the first thing that I did when I came across uh, all of these concepts of Web3 and NFTs and social tokens, as I said, okay, I'm going to build a trends presentation after doing a several months of research and, and starting to understand it. I'm going to build a trends presentation. I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell what's happening. I'm going to talk about the implications. Um, and then, so this is 2020. This is during lockdown. And so we're all sitting at home on Zoom. Um, and oh, by the way, um, you know, March 2020, all my clients stopped advertising. So I have way too much time on my hands. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm able to spend more time sort of researching and just thinking, thinking ahead into the future. And I start putting uh, meetings on all the smart people's calendars that I know. Um, and I'm just like, hey, I'm going to present to you some wild trend stuff. Um, you don't have to do anything. Just show up. Uh, I think you'll be entertained. I think you'll learn something and it'll be worth your time. And we'll just have a cool conversation. I'm going to blow your mind with some stuff. Um, and, and you know, you just, you, when you're dropping meetings on people's calendar, they're, you know, everybody's busy, right? It's just like, what's, the, what's this meeting for? You know, this Jeff wants this to, just to catch up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, 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 this, I'm going to, I'm going to entertain you and this is going to be interesting and you're going to learn some stuff. And I had built enough of a reputation with the, these people in my network that they're like, Oh, Je this, this will be interesting. Yeah. This is, this is Jeff's next like thing that he's like digging into here. Um, and so I do that. I do that with like almost 40 people. Um, and I, and I present this web three trends presentation in 2020 to everyone from the CEO of a billion dollar company to a junior art director. That's like super cool. And in the know, that's like 22, you know, I'm trying to get a full spectrum and representation of different disciplines, different skill sets, um, kind of different pockets of the industry. And what blew my mind is I talked to like 40 people and every single one of them said the exact same thing. I've never heard of anything you just said. Um, There's the coolest, some of the coolest stuff and use cases and potential. It's so fresh. Um, this sounds exciting. It sounds like there's like new, just exciting brand building stuff to do again because Google and Facebook and Amazon put us all into square little boxes, a square little ad on Google, a square little box on Amazon, a square little box on like Facebook. We just branding and marketing. That's what I talk about. How, how boring web two became is just like, we're all operating in tiny little square boxes on tiny little phones. And that was, that was marketing. That was <laughs> terrible. But you impulsively press. <laughs> like, I'm not going to live my life like this, doing this kind of work. Um, and so after they're like, never heard of it, super cool. I have no idea what to do. Those three things over and over and over. Never heard of it, super cool. I have no idea what to do. And so um, I'm kind of looking at the whole space and I'm saying, okay, I also want to go really hard, really fast at this. Um, because I, I, again, kind of mapping back to early days of web two, um, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to take 10 years to develop, but there's going to be this special moment in the next two to three years, um, where I need to like move really fast and build a community and build my network, um, and kind of in, in, in that sense of build community and build my network, that's also, I don't actually know what I'm going to do in the space, right? <laughs> you're, you're coming across this stuff and you oftentimes if you, you're like, oh, I came across something new. What do I do? What do, wh what business do I make? Don't worry about it. Don't worry like, about it. Just go. Like, talk to people. Learn. Talk to people. Talk to people. Learn. Like build a community of people that talk about it. Um, and so that's what I did. It's just like, Okay, I'll make a presentation. I'll present it. Okay, now let's like uh, the all these people. They don't know what kind of what to do. I don't really know what I need to do in this space based off of this. Let's just call it focus group research. You know. Yeah, um, qualitative research. Yeah, qualitative qualitative research. Uh, <laughs> let's just call call it that. Um, 
I was like, okay, it's way too early. I don't even think I can start an agency service around this stuff. Like, yeah, I who don't, are your clients? <laughs> yeah, who are my clients? All these people I, that have never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, wow. You definitely, it's just, you know, and it's kind of funny looking at where we are now. One of the unique perspectives I have is I'm one of the few, well, one of like 20 people that were that saw Twitter's conversation of like 20 people talking about this stuff to the sort of lightning rod sort of explosion that happened. That's why I keep laughing is because you're like talking about, you're like, I've got to kind of move fast in the next two to three years. And meanwhile, it's like, <laughs> exactly. I will say I had no idea it would move this fast. And I'm, thank God, I, I, I feel like, you know, I jumped in and did jump there, you know, there it was jump. Boom. So when I was, when I was looking at leaving the agency that I was at and going full time, I created a, a company called Parachute. Ah, um, the OG. Yeah, and uh, and it was because I needed a parachute to leave my corporate job and and go into this crazy world. And well, you know, I also made eighteen hundred skydives, so there's like that <laughs> special place in your heart. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, okay, I created a company called parachute. It's going to do something in web three. I have no idea what it's going to do, but I, here's my, you know, I'm going to start, you know, shutting, you know, transitioning my P and L and all that stuff. Um, and I'm going to leave and I'm going to figure something out. Um, during that process, it, it really, I knew I was going to leave, uh, the agency I was at for about a year. Um, so I game planned for a year, um, before, before leaving. And during that time, that's when it was just after that focus group research of, oh, people need to jump into web three, right? That's what we, we need people. I need to help people jump into web three. Let's start with a community. We're not even going to have any sort of business model. Um, there some sort of product or service will emerge, um, I will meet people who are just as passionate about this because that's kind of another rule that I had that I think is applicable to anybody in any industry, um, which is just don't try to convince people that aren't ready to be convinced. Go find the people that already believe um, they are at, they are at least as smart as you are about the space or learning very quickly. Um, and you learn from them and then start building stuff um, and let the rest of the world catch up because they will. Obviously, we have to do our work to to help move the space forward and whatnot. Um, but I I've, I fully believe that you know the, the work that we did in Jump accelerated the industry forward much faster than it would have happened. We're not a household name like some of the other communities are that are that are out there. But when you look under the, the hood, um, like our tiny little newsletter that reaches 4,000 people, every Fortune 1000 company has someone on that newsletter. Every major agency holding group has someone on that newsletter. So when you're talking about influence and impact of our community, we're reaching the top decision makers across, uh, across the, the whole agency and, and brand world. Um, and I think the work that we did in our first year, um, in 2020, 2021 accelerated, uh, brand adoption. I, I really do because, uh, those are the people that are in the community and those are the people who have been, uh, in attending our networking events and, uh, participating and reading the newsletter. And, you know, uh, jump was sort of this place where people could look around and go, wow, this, the, I'm not dreaming that this is like the next thing. There are a bunch of smart people that come from my background um, and, and, and believe the same thing that I do. Uh, Cause when you're early and you're the only one in your thousand person organization that believes that thing, you have doubt, right? You sit there and you go, I have doubt. Um, and I would have had that had I not found that early community on Twitter and started participating with them and sort of leveraged that as um, the community that continually made me go, yeah, this is, this is the future. Cause there was nobody in my agency that I could, you know, that would nod their head like that. If anything, people are like, 
Oh gosh, not another Here comes thing. Jeff. <laughs> not, not another thing. How are we going to build a client for this? <laughs> I can't. How many billable hours is this going to take? <laughs> I can tell you, um, just reflecting on what you're talking about. One, um, you know, kind of the purpose of the show is to provide a legitimate lens for Web3, right? Yeah. Um, it is to talk to the real, true builders in the space. And, and by virtue of that, who I end up talking to are a lot of people that have been doing the thing that they're doing in Web3 way before Web3. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest parts, especially on the marketing side that this you know industry has faced is that all of a sudden, everybody is kind of a community manager marketer. And like, yep. meanwhile, most of those people have never done either of those things. And community yep. manager is probably the least built out profession around, but yet it's the most in demand. Yep. When, you, when I came to Jump, what I found was all those people, all the people that had been marketers and yep. then got into Web3. Yep. And what that provides is kind of what, what you were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, which is the fundamentals of marketing are not changing. Right. The means, the mechanisms, the medium upon what you market is changing yep. constantly. Yep. And Web3 is changing that as far as I'm concerned forever. So it's just yes. so beautiful that you've been able to capture those people because of your reputation and the ability to have these conversations with people like you did where you presented a report and it was value value add for people, the same value you're adding at, at Jump. And it was exploratory, right? Hey, yep. no intentions here. I just want people who think this is exciting to enjoy it here. And yep. what are the people that I think is exciting and joy? They want to know the latest happenings and they want to talk to each other about it. Yep. And it's just, it's beautiful how it's come together. Big yes. kudos to you, sir. Well, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. And we've, you know, luckily the best part about it is the, the people that I have uh, ultimately met uh, through this process. Um, I would have never met had I not just gone down that rabbit of trying to build a community. This is a fun stat. In fact, in the first year, when the community was opened up, it's always been application, um, but uh, it still is application based today. Um, but in that first year, one of the things that I did is everybody who was approved, I would send out a calendar link to my calendar and I'd say, hey, you've been approved at any moment, throw some time on my calendar. Um, and that was really important community building um, and creating like a sense of like, this community is a safe place with real humans and real, real uh, professionals. And even though we have weird photos and uh, sort of like Discord handle names, um, I met the guy on on the Zoom and he talked to me and he's got a real background. And I, you know, I know where his LinkedIn is. He looks like he's, you know, legitimate and, and been around. But over that first year, I talked to 700. I did 700 one on one zoom phone calls oh my gosh so when i left when i left the agency i was at the, f- the first full my first full year in web3 and building jump was basically like four or five zoom phone calls a day and i would have no idea who you know and sometimes they probably didn't turn their camera on oh the they actually did they actually did, oh, they did? Okay. i would say 90 percent plus uh or camera on um, and that's what I did. And, and through that year, I met amazing people. Uh, some of the people that I, I met, um, they're, you know, they're major partners in crime now in terms of what we're building. Um, and they're based all over the world. Yeah. I think as I've encountered, uh, obviously starting with Brennan, I've had Chris from flaunt on the show. Um, you know, people throughout the jump community, it's like, everybody just jumped in and they're like, how can I help with this? Like, it was like, just like there was so much gratitude towards what you were building that everybody like kind of felt like an obligation to go in there. It wasn't like you jumped in and you're like, how do I get on an allow list or wind moon or, you know, people just sending rocket emojis or any of that kind of stuff. But yet it was still natively Web3. I still maintain it is the best built out Discord that I have ever seen. Well, uh, if you're if you're talking about the the actual uh, technical implementation and structure, again, that's a community member who who built that out and and runs it. You know, the 
the the Discord layout I created was terrible. <laughs> um, but the commute the people were good and the intentions were good and luckily an individual by the name of peter who runs the discord guru he came in and he was like let me help <laughs> let, let me let me clean up this discord and make it a little better it's like all right cool i just met you but here's the admin password and go have fun <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. You you have a an ability to put trust in people. It sounds like very early on, like you have a good intuition about whether that's a person that you can do that. That's the second last time I think was off mic where you mentioned, yeah, sure. Here's the Twitter password. Go ahead. Yeah, we've handed the Twitter password out, and you know, it's just kind of like uh, one one kind of way I go about making decisions is um, if if uh, if it doesn't seem like something like terribly detrimental could happen, then I just kind of run with it. Like if the, if, if it can't be reversed, then I put a lot more thought into it. But if, if something can be reversed, then I don't really care that much if it goes wrong. Um, now, you know, we do know that a, a discord getting shut down and all this kind of stuff or, uh, Twitter accounts getting hacked and fake mints going live. Those, those, those things can be uh, very bad, but no, these there, there's just, by the time you get into the community, there's almost so many filtering mechanisms mm -hmm. that by the time you're there, like, you know, and some, and I don't know, at some point someone's going to get through the filtering mechanisms and I'll get burned, but we'll just wait until that happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, man, these are exceptions that prove the rule. They aren't necessarily indicative that like the community is doomed. Yeah. There's, there's just always like eventually when you get big enough, there are bad actors out there. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of people that I have met in the space where we kicked it off and it was nice. And then over time I've had to sever the relationship because I realized they weren't in it for the right reasons. They were yeah. not to get rich and, uh, don't get me wrong. Like we've got to make money for sure. But like, there's, there's a certain part of our responsibility in being early to the space that yeah. like transcends getting rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 100%. So let me ask you this. Um, you've talked to now thousands of people in the space. Yeah. You're running for all intents and purposes, in my view, one of the most comprehensive marketing communities out there. Um, I don't actually know. I know some growth marketing communities that are very growth oriented, but like yours seems more all encompassing as like the practice of marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, can you boil it down to some of your four or five unique insights or frameworks yeah. that you've built around uh, Web3 in the marketing landscape? Yep, yep. So one of the things that I very quickly uh, sort of uh, held on to as a philosophy for how to build and jump is being built around this philosophy. And this this was something I, I think I developed in 2020, which was that um, social, uh, NFTs are a social graph, right? So the NFTs can be a lot of things. And one of the things that they can be is they're a social graph. And what I mean by that is if, you know, a group of people hold the same NFT, they are just, they are connected on chain. They're, they're a graph, they're a data layer. It's the data layer. Um, and then we just need these portals on top of the data layer to, uh, create the experience layer. Um, so um, what we wanted to do with Jump, for example, is take that idea and really run with it and just run say, hey, if we all hold this thing, we are a social graph. And then now our challenge is to create experiences around that social graph. And so one of the things that I oftentimes find interesting is this whole concept of Web3 social. And one of the things that uh, I guess one way I look at it is Ethereum is a social network. It is a social network. Everybody who holds the token already is is the data layer. Of, Until they spend it on NFTs. Right. <laughs> right. Then it's a new social layer. <laughs> yeah. But it, it and so it it's when we all hold this thing, we are a social graph that is connected uh on chain and then experiences and stuff can be built on top of that um and so when i think of like web3 social what i i, I really think they're trying to focus on 
that like layer above the social graph, although, you know, there would be arguments that they're working on the social graph as well, but it's really just social graph on top of social graph. So I think a lot about in terms of when you hold a token, you're a social graph. And so that implication, um, in terms of how we build, that's why I put a lot of, uh, emphasis, emphasis, I don't know what movie that's from. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> well, we can look it up. We'll put it in the show notes, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, there, that application to join the jump community, making sure that we kind of qualify this kind of category of who we're looking for, which is just marketers who care about Web3 and other innovate, innovative areas. Um, because if those people hold this token, that's the right group of people. They're inherently sort of, that's a good sort of, if you smashed all of these people in the same room, they'd have a good time together. That's another way to think about it. Um, and so get them that, that token. And so I think a lot in terms of, um, these tokens are, are social graphs and we're trying to build experiences, um, around them. Uh, and then. Another thing, but this goes back to old school thinking in that book that we mentioned earlier, uh, the 22 Mutable Laws of Marketing, which is categories. And one, we have this whole new category of Web3 and this whole new category of crypto, which is fantastic. It's a great category to kind of go into. Um, but we're in this golden era of thousands of categories are being created as we speak. And there's going to be three dominant players in every single category um, because that's the law of categories if you read the book. Um, and all categories kind of play out this way. We'll take, uh, you know, Google dominated and then right below Google's being or Yahoo. And then after that is being, I think that was, and then maybe Yahoo flipped it. Bing or whatever. Yeah. Now um, that Bing has uh, powered by open AI. <laughs> Right. The, uh, the classic example for category is sodas, Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper. Right. And so um, what Web3 is doing is Web3 and crypto is a new category in itself. But within it, there are thousands of communities being or uh, categories being created. And within it, there's going to be a dominant player in each one, but you don't have to be the dominant to have a ton of success because there's three dominant players in every single category. And so we're in this beautiful era of what category do you want to invent? And I love that game. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the game. That's the opportunity that we all have. And the window will only, you know, the, the, there's always new categories to invent. It's just splintering. Right. When you see a category and it's entrenched, you kind of like splinter off and maybe create a new one. Uh, it's a kind of like a derivative. Um, but the law of categories is super fundamental in mind right now and how you build your category and the, the people that will be in it. And then how, you know, what's the pricing, what's the marketing, what's the product and, and all of that. Well, that's beautiful. I know that you have put both of those core insights into launching Jump News 2.0. Yep. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So we've got jumpnews.xyz and uh, the 2.0 version just launched and uh, that was very exciting. Basically, we had a uh, what we would call is just kind of a public beta version that went live in January and was live up until uh, maybe a week or two ago when the 2.0 version launched. And 2.0 basically meant we rebuilt the whole thing from the ground up. <laughs> um, and the reason we're able to do that is because we're smaller. We're not, you know, there's not a bunch of eyeballs on us. We could basically launch the alpha version, test it out live, see what we like, see what we didn't like, get community feedback, you know, larger media brands. And uh, it really, any, any more well-known brand has to tread water so much more carefully. Um, they can't just like, boldly experiment kind of in public, but that's what we did. Um, and what we learned from that and how we kind of game planned around it um, was that we wanted to put uh, a much stronger focus on the people, um, both the readers and those who contribute, which are ultimately people in the junk community. But it kind of goes back to the question, why do you need another news brand, news outlet? Um, Really, and this comes, goes back to categories. So if you kind of look at the business news 
Um, and, and in particular, you look at sort of tech, marketing, advertising as its own category. Um, on one end of the spectrum, uh, sort of old school media, you've got Ad Age, Ad Week, got those old publications that uh, older legacy been around um, that marketers and agencies uh, keep keep up with. And then on the newer end of the spectrum, you've got Decrypt and you've got Coindesk and you've got some of these more bleeding edge uh, media brands that are covering blockchain and tech. Um, the legacy uh, media brands, they have no idea what's going on in this space. Every Every piece of content that they, they do, post. it's only scams and money yeah, laundering. Scams, <laughs> and you know, it's just they're not able to d- dig deep and provide the insights. And you know, that's just the nature of information changing and just new stuff kind of evolving. It's just it's tough to keep up um, and learn. And then on the other end of the spectrum, the decrypts and the coin desks and uh, these newer publications. They really come from the finance and, and engineering side of Web3. Um, so they're not, their DNA is not rooted in brands and marketing and that, that side of the spectrum. Um, and so there's this, there's this nice little category of do you fundamentally understand the discipline of marketing? brand buildings, what CMOs and what agencies are looking for, how they need to digest this information, process it, what challenges do they deal with and all that stuff. And then do you understand the technology? And there's that huge gap. And really when you kind of looked at our community that had grown over the past couple of years, there was really no other community that had the authority uh, that check both those boxes, which is we we all come from this world of marketing and brand building and we understand it. Um, and we're deeply immersed in this new world and we're building our community using these tools. Um, and uh, and and so we're we're the right people to talk about it. So you know that gave us the confidence that we could uh, launch something and that's jump news. Um, and it's live and really we're in the very, very early stages. Some of the mechanics that are really cool, um, about jump news is, um, when you sign up and you create an account and all that stuff, you actually have a member profile. Um, if you don't have a wallet, we create one for you. If you, if you're an OG and you like your ledger, MetaMask or whatever, you can use that. So we're really able to cater to both a beginner in the space as well as someone who's advanced um, and through the signup process we meant uh, an nft to your profile and all of this goes back to philosophical or strategic um, things that we want to accomplish which is rather than just not just talking about web3 we do want to talk about web3 we talk about web3 a lot but we want to use the tools and we want to provide the experience of web3 as well and, uh, and, and basically people get that. So, uh, our goal is to be able to, that every person and every brand and every agency and everybody that works in the world of marketing, they should have a jump news profile. Um, and just by interacting with, uh, this brand, they will learn about web three, uh, in an experiential way, in a non-financial way, they don't have to spend any money. The mint, the minting of the NFT is gasless. It just happens. Um, it's non-speculative, and it just it it lets a few light bulbs kind of fire off of like, wow, this is different. This is cool. This is interesting. Oh, there's there's smart people here. There's people I trust here, um, and so it's really taking a media brand and in betting member profiles into it that are powered by a wallet and have NFTs associated with them. Um, and so, uh, and then on the other side of the equa- equation, we've got our contributor profiles, which uh, you basically have to be a Sky Club holder. We haven't talked about Sky Club, but Sky Club is our sort of basically our, our uh, deepest access to the community token. Uh, it's the token that you've got to hold to be in the discord and to sort of that you have to apply to mint it and all that good stuff. 
Um, but everybody who holds a Sky Club NFT can contribute to Jump News. So they can provide their thought leadership. They can write articles, write content. I write three briefs a week. All my briefs are archived. Um, so the content and the thought leadership is there for the industry to, to read. It's not gated. Um, and so our community is basically spreading from Discord and this application-based sort of Discord community. Um, and it's partially migrating onto Jump News through these profile concepts. Um, and, uh, and, and that's a new community layer that uh, we're just now beginning to explore. I love that. I, I just couldn't help when you started talking about the fact that you own an NFT or the fact that you're on a, a protocol like Ethereum, uh, that being a social graph and then thinking about like, all right, what is the new category here? right? That jump news is creating. It's like, obviously like you, you've laid it out very clearly, but it's like almost like interactive social media, right? Like where, where media is emphasized, right? Like the yeah. actual like user generated content that I think everybody thought they would get like the high quality stuff yep. is actually being generated by the people that are in jump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's when when we first started bouncing this idea around, one of the things we made clear was your know, Jump News is not a, a blogging platform. It's not like Substack or Mirror or Medium. It's not a general purpose platform to just contribute content to. It's actually we have a thesis and a category and a, uh, a specific audience um, and community member profile that we're all building around. So it kind of, it, in that sense, it adds like this interesting social layer to it. We haven't even started talking about comments. So we don't have commenting on the platform yet. So I encourage everybody to get, just go look at it, take it in. We built it from the ground up so you can kind of see um, you know, and one of the things about what we're building is we're not we're not trying to build a protocol. We're trying to build a brand on top of all of these protocols, right? And in sense, that is part of our teaching um, uh, to brands and to agencies because brands and agencies are not trying to build protocols. They're trying to build brands on top of this technology. And so that's again through if we're going to help educate. You know, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a community based brand on top of these protocols. And so, you know, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing what a new type of product, what a new type of brand can look like when it's built on top of these protocols and, and incorporates them uh, at the core. And so when we, when we do finally introduce commenting on the platform, that's when this, many-to-many uh, -many connection graph starts to form because right now it's still a, it's most it's one to many right a contributor talks to many members uh, but as soon as com it's just one feature and as soon as commenting is unleashed you have many-to-many -many relationships kind of being formed and that's I'm I cannot wait till we till we till we let that roll out and by the way when we think of commenting, we cannot just think of commenting at below a post, right? You have to think about commenting all over the post. Just yep. let that sink in. Mm -hmm. I know because who wants to, who the fuck wants to keep scrolling to the bottom of the article? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like, I like this paragraph. I'm going to start writing something about this. Yeah. I like this paragraph. And then a thread, you know, Look at what Google Docs is. Google Docs is an amazing when you have a Google Doc and you have all these conversations that kind of bubble up when when a community is talking about a document. If you've been in, if you're deep in the DAO, in the DAO world, um, right? Someone will throw out a, a proposal, and then you could have hundreds of pe people commenting uh, on that Google Doc, and it's fascinating to see. Um, there's a lot better technology in, in order to organize that because you couldn't have a million people doing that in a Google Doc, right? You need some it's scrolling forever. <laughs> yeah. So what what you need is you need the ability to um, filter, rank, um, rank those comments so that the good ones are easy to find. 
Um, and then in particular, make sure that when you're on Jump News and you comment, I know you commented on an article, right? Like, I want to know the things that you see and that you find interesting. And in fact, I probably care more about the article you comment on than any headline as I'm right. I want to go to a media publication. And when I see the content on there, I don't just want to see headlines and content. I want to see what my, the people that I trust the most, I want to see their perspective on that content. And right now, how we get that in our community is someone shares an article on discord and we comment on it. Right. But how much better if that content was on a website and a structured article, and then you could have all that conversation right there on the article. And there could be, I don't know, 5,000 people having that conversation, but you're more or less connected to the people you want to be connected to. Yeah. And with, Web3 technology, you can actually start to build stronger connections with right. things like social tokens right. um, that can can represent much more accurately than a like or yes. a retweet or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you, you know, in, in a world of um, you go, you, you're seeing some content that's published about some NFT that you hold. We'll just use board Apes because everybody knows, uh, you know, that that project. Um, have you heard of board apes? No. Um, first time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so if you, if there's an article published about, uh, the next thing about board apes or, or Yuga, wouldn't you want to know when you read the comments on that article, you'd want to see the comments from other board ape holders, right? That's what you want. You want to know that. Um, and, you know, maybe there are other communities that you're a part of. And yeah, like you just said, I mean, you outlined it perfectly. Tokens create this social graph that products have never been able to tap into before because um, you had to create your own social graph. You don't have to create your own social graph anymore. There's, there's, or you had somebody creating it for you. <laughs> there's all, and it's going to be constant. Yeah. And there's, all these social graphs are being created and it's up to brands and product builders to create experiences over that social graph. So that goes back to what you asked me earlier. Yeah. And I just, I love that. I love, it's like a, it's such a good way to, to think about what is the future, not of social media. What is the future of how people will interact with this technology as the infrastructure? And guess what? I don't think it's going to be a Twitter clone. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be something like this that has a completely novel way of people interacting. And the only way that you can build something like that successfully is if you already have a group of high level thinkers in the space that can provide valuable insights that you respect. Right. Yeah. And I, I, man, hats off, Jeff, but we are nearing the top of the hour. This has been freaking awesome. Um, I have my two traditional closing questions that I ask. The first one is how do you describe Web3? Okay, here we go. How do I describe Web three? Um, so the, obviously, the classic is uh, is ownership, um, which you know I I believe in. But when I, I'll, I'll go back, I'll, I'll tie it into what we we're talking about. I think social, or I think uh, Web three is about connections. It's about people at the center of the internet. Um, and without Web three, we're you know, we're not able to connect people um, in in the way that we're really meant to connect um, online, that is. Um, so I'm going to say, it's, you know, to me, Web3 is about um, connections. I like that. And then the final question is uh, forward looking. Where do you see yourself in the space in the next six to 12 months? And then where do you see yourself in the space in the next five to 10 years? Oh man. Um, okay. In the next six to 12 months, you know, I really hope that, um, we have dozens, if not a hundred people, uh, who have contributed content and thought leadership to, to jump news. Um, you know, part of the whole mission is how do we actually accelerate the industry forward? That's what I'm really interested in doing. Um, and I think, you know, we've, we've already done that, but how do we make, which maybe would have not happened 
it would have taken five years. How do we make that happen in three years? Right. Um, and so, yeah, in the next six to 12 months, it's, um, uh, you know, getting jump news to a place where we have, uh, our contributors and basically our thought leaders just accelerating and pushing the industry forward. Um, and then, uh, five, was it five to six years or is that five five to 10? And this is meant to be fun. So, Feel free to make the most audacious claim that you can think of. Um, man, you know, in well, in in ten years, I think so. We all know that AI is booming, but and, and that's fantastic. Uh, a quick definition: uh, AI is not inherently Web three. I think you probably believe that, but a lot of people will put AI in Web three. But AI can be very Web two right? Centrally controlled, owned, and operated AI. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Um, but Web3, uh, you know, is ownership and people and AI can be not people and centrally. Uh, not, <laughs> quite uh, the opposite of people. Right? <laughs> and that's not to say it's bad. You know, it has its no, use cases. No, no. But it'll what, be a part of building the third iteration of the web. Yes. And Fair. so what, what AI is doing, though, is it's massively accelerating the need for Web3, which is ownership and people. Right. Um, and so when we look at 10 years from now, um, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see global brands that have sprung up overnight and they dwarf what we what we look at in terms of like a big brand. So you think of like Nike and Starbucks and these other types of brands. But w- what we're actually going to see is kind of what we see with Pepe, how Pepe, t- the meme token just explodes overnight, but it's just a meme coin and there's no real like there's no like tangible outcome that like causes like, it's just like fun and it's a meme and that's, you know, that has entertainment value and whatnot. But like in 10 years, I think because of AI and how it pulls, um, how, how it pulls web three forward that people in combination with AI in combination with web three are going to create massive global brands that affect unbelievable change in the world in like real world in terms of real products and real services and the size of these brands will be as big as any fortune 500 company if not bigger and they'll they will literally you know be created what seems like almost overnight but it'll be a lot of foundation that's being laid uh, up until that so we'll 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 be audacious and we'll say um the number one uh, uh, there will be a top brand, a top 10 brand created, um, in terms of like revenue, market cap, number of customers, all that. It'll just literally be created in like a six month period. And it'll just, it'll, it'll immediately be competing with like Nike or someone like that. I love that. I yeah. love that. What a wonderful way to end too. Cause I mean, if that doesn't get you excited, <laughs> then nothing will. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. I really appreciate it, man. I look forward to continuing to build our relationship, helping build the jump community. Uh, I love what you're doing. Thank you, man. This has been great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to web three with me. If you enjoyed the show and want to help us grow, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore French underscore.